Brand Over Coffee conversations are with different experts and inspiring individuals. They may be different in what they do, but they all share one thing in common. They all create, develop, and nurture brands. These conversations will highlight not only their expertise, but also their experiences. And I hope these could help answer some of your questions and inspire you to build your own brands and take your businesses to greater heights. My name is Andrea Ferry, founder of the Creative Brand Studio and your host for this podcast. When you're ready, let's talk brand over coffee. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Brand Over Coffee Conversations. On this episode, we will talk about the importance of branding for a business and the power of beautiful visuals in creating a strong brand. I am happy to be joined today by Alan Vladusic, all the way from New York. Alan is the co-founder of PS Good Times and Once Upon a Coconut. Prior to this, he was a seasoned advertising creative who has worked for some of the biggest global advertising agencies, including YNR, Saatchi and Saatchi, Publicis, and Ogilvy. Hi, Alan. How are you? Hey, Andrea. Very nice to see you again. Yes, so nice to see you. Okay, so Alan, to get started, I did mention your business as PS Good Times and Once Upon mm-hmm. a Coconut. Can you tell us more about them? So PS Good Times is a, is a new condom brand which came out on the market, I would say, almost two years ago now. It's a, it's a new kind of condom. It's a vegan condom. It doesn't have all the preservatives and, 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 and all the toxic um, ingredients. Uh, which I really was into it because nowadays everyone is like very organic centric and and make sure everything that goes in your body, it's very important to have like all the clear ingredients. So um, I really believed in that product and I wanted to create something from a visual point of view, which is completely different. And if you look at the brand and, and if you look at other brands in the market, you can tell that visually and from the product standpoint, it's totally different than any other brand out there. So that was what got me into the business and a challenge. And as you know, I always like challenges and to trying to make things look different. And um, it's, it's a very interesting journey for sure. And what about Once of Coconut? Once of Coconut is, uh, is a coconut water brand. So we have um, two products in the market. We have an uh, organic coconut water. And then we have a second product, which is an energy drink, which is a coconut water plus energy uh, with 90 milligrams of caffeine. And then next year, early next year, we're coming out with a tequila, uh, which is a, a coconut water and tequila. So every the base, the ingredient is always organic coconut water with a plus ingredient. So, so yeah. And, and, and again, for the coconut water, it's the same challenge. I'm, I've been drinking coconut water my whole life since I actually got to New York almost 20 years ago. It's a very big thing here in New York. It didn't, it's not the same in Europe. In Europe, like coconut water is kind of, yeah, some people drink it, some people not, but here in America is a huge, it's a huge thing. So I've been drinking it for a while. And again, the same as the condom business, I wanted to create something which is visually completely different than any other brands out there, like the Vita Cocos and all the other ones. Because if you look at some of the brands, especially in the coconut water business, pretty much everything looks exactly the same. Mm-hmm. So you have, a, you have a big coconut on the front, you have a, a water wave, you have palm trees, you have, you have blue skies. And I want to get away from that because people know what coconut water is. You don't have to educate the market in how the, how the coconut looks like. Or the, so we want to create something completely different. And I think we did. Yeah, yeah I think you did. Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay, so I'm really excited to hear more about your story in building these two businesses. But in your experience, Alan, how important is branding for a business? I mean, what are the benefits for you when you have a good brand? Yeah, I mean, it's a really good question. But um, for me, it's really hard to answer because I come from a branding and um, an art director background. So for me, the first priority was always before anything else, make sure the, uh, the product looks great. Um, but I think I always believe in if you have a great product and the great look and feel, you can take a brand far, far away from, uh, you can differentiate your brand from any other brands out there. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's definitely one thing that I've noticed um, with your brands. You do have beautiful aesthetics. And to be honest, I did not really expect anything yeah, branding, from you. Yeah. But, to, but to answer your question, sorry, to answer your question, like branding, branding is super important, but is it's, there is so much more going into building a brand. This is just a little aspect of making sure that the brand becomes successful. You know, yes, it's important and it's great if you have it. It's a plus. But, um, but there's so much other things that go into a business. You know, um, in my experience for the past few years since I left the agency world, I, I learned so much. I failed so much. I, I succeeded. And, but but it's, it's a roller coaster. For, for me personally, it's important to have a great foundation, which is the brand. Yeah. Um, maybe can you share the process when you created the brands for PS Good Times and, and Once Upon a Coconut? What were your non-negotiables? Yeah. Or did it also help that you had your experience as a seasoned advertising creator? Well, yeah. I mean, as much as I love being away from the advertising world, but it gave me everything I have right now, like it's, it opened unbelievable creative juice to, to create what I'm creating right now, especially like living in different countries and different cultures and, and absorbing all the design elements from the, all the different um, countries I lived in. And uh, you can see it. And I think you can see it in design I'm doing. It's like, it's just like, I'm trying to influence everything I acknowledge in advertising and then apply it to all the brands I'm working at the moment. I think it's also very important to note people do judge the book by its cover. So Always. That's, why, that's why the importance of, of aesthetics, right? So no matter how good your product is, but if you yeah. present it in a very sloppy way, then people would think it's sloppy, right? So yeah. that's why design is really important to deliver what mm-hmm. your brand is all about, what it stands for. Um, and when you were thinking, you, you did mention earlier about, say, for example, PS Good Times. Mm-hmm. You do have, you know, when you go to the condom aisle, you have all these yeah. brands. And usually it's a sea of blue, red, and black. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, the first thing I do is always, no matter what brands I'm working on, research. I think research is the ultimate. It's the Because you have to know not just in the U.S. market, like worldwide, what's out there, what's trending, what colors are trending, what designs are trending, what has a life, uh, a lifetime um, shelf life. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like you cannot just follow a trend. And for now, like, for example, simplicity is a trend, like strip down the colors, strip down the graphics, go away from all the, the crazy graphic and the colorful thing and just strip it down to the most basic ones, you know, like look at the brands like, um, like Roman hymns and all these kind of, you, you see like the simplicity, which is the key. And, but the question is now you have to ask yourself, is it, does it still look good in 10 years or in 20 years? So it's important to have definitely a, 
do your research, see designs that have been done 50 years ago, look at that stuff that has been 25 years ago or last week. So I look at all that stuff and then I'm trying to apply my knowledge, what I learned into what I'm doing right now. And hopefully it's going to work. Yeah. And I think it's also very important to note which category you're in. So say, for example, Mm. if you're entering, say, the luxury space, then obviously Mm. the design, the aesthetics would be very different versus, say, an FMCG brand, right? I mean, we have seen it, say, you compare, I don't know, LVMH versus a dishwashing soap, you know, so very, very different. You really have to consider, I think, who you're designing for which category you're playing and your product. Yeah, that's very true though. But I, I also have to say that it doesn't mean you design something for dishwashing soap. It doesn't mean it doesn't, ha- it doesn't have to look like a dishwashing soap. That's exactly when you fall into the same pattern as everyone else is doing. So why can't you do something different? Be brave yeah. enough to, to break the rules and do something completely different, especially in the dishwashing market because everything looks exactly the same. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, um, yeah, because people are graving for something new. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I remember working for Kotex back in the day and we were launching, you know, it's new Lux line of sanitary pads. And I remember at the time the market was filled with everything blue, purple, and white and everything looking a little bit yeah. um, too clinical, all generic yeah. and nothing really stood out. And we wanted to create something more sophisticated, something more Lux. So then, we decided to go for a beautiful design on a black pack, which was something that really mm-hmm. stood out, especially back in the day in that category. And yeah, I have to agree with you. You also need to consider how you would be able to stand out yeah. yet be relevant to your target market when you're designing, right? hundred percent. But at the end of the day, it's, it's super subjective. Visual, especially visual, is super subjective. And I mean, what I think looks amazing, you might don't think it looks amazing or especially a client doesn't think it looks amazing because they're afraid of taking the extra step and the extra leap and doing something completely different. They're killing it in market research and all that stuff because you're asking too many opinions. But yeah, it's, um, you just have to, to do something cutting edge different. You just, just have to be curious and brave. You don't think running it through your customers would help? Because then at the end of the day, they're the ones buying it your does. It does. It does. But to, to a certain extent, you cannot just research it to death. Otherwise, you will hear always different opinions, you know, why things work and why things don't work. Um, I'm a big believer in trust your first instinct and ask your, ask your mom first if she thinks it's good and it's good. <laughs> <laughs> said by really a true-blooded uh, <laughs> creative. <laughs> um, okay, and what about for once upon a coconut? What were your considerations when you were? Because I must say, I have seen your social media pages and mm-hmm. your your products are really beautifully done. The, the mm-hmm. aesthetics and and to be honest, I did not expect anything less from you on that in that department. Um, but what about what about um, yeah? Once upon a coconut, what was your process in designing that? This uh, yeah, like I mentioned earlier, it's definitely a lot of research and see what's out in the market. But yeah, I wanted to. I wanted to create something for this, which is, can it live in the shelves in the supermarket for the average consumer to be recognized and be different from what's out there? 
But then again, it cannot be so different that people don't know it's a coconut water. That was the biggest challenge, you know. Um, like I said earlier, uh, I wanted to strip away all the cliches in the world of coconut water, which is using uh, water elements, using palm trees, sand, and all these typical icons. And I, I just wanted to do something different, but without going too far and keeping some elements in there but those elements are contemporary elements, which you see like, oh, I recognize what it is, but it does look different though. It's simplified, you know, yeah. like the stack coconut, the way I stack the coconut and make it playful and, and, and not make it too contemporary. So like the average consumer, like even the, the little bit older crowd, which don't, uh, they don't care about design, uh, making even those people approach in a positive way. Yeah, I, I also wanted to point that out because, yes, you may be having all these beautiful aesthetics, but perhaps if it isolates or alienates your target audience, then it's also... Very, there is a fine, there is a really, sorry to interrupt you, but there is a definitely a really fine line. You have to be really careful. Yeah. You know, you have to know your market. You have to know how much can I push it. Uh, I mean, if you would see the first designs I did, it looked so, I loved it so much, it looked so beautiful. But when I showed it to someone, it was like, what is this? (laughs) (laughs) Because it was so simple. But yeah, like for the most people out there, they wouldn't know what it is. So it it was too risky. So I I found a nice balance, you know, without losing the approach that I was going for in the beginning in the first place. Yeah. What about uh, inspirations, Alan? What brands with beautiful visuals and aesthetics inspire you? God, there's, yeah, it def- I mean, I'm like, a, I'm a huge, I mean, I love design. I mean, I, I wander the museums and the galleries and, and through New York, like basically every weekend. So you can find me in like in libraries and galleries going through old books, new books. And, and just like, because I'm interested and generally interested in design, not just product design. I'm generally interested in architectural stuff and, 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 and furniture design and, and, and closing and, and all that stuff. And uh, you can pick inspiration from all these different shapes. You can pick from architectural stuff. You can, shapes from furniture you can apply to product like there's so many there's really like unlimited resources if you open to it if you open your eyes you're walking through the world and see and see you just pick you just pick and you just pick the best parts you know it's like constantly like walking through a movie you just like get all these things and you just pick what you like and then you apply it to your own designs okay and what about that's one reason why i'm living in new york as well because um I mean, as you know, I, I come from Germany and I, I grew up there. But um, Berlin was just the only really inspirational place for um, doing. But I, I lived in Frankfurt for the beginning of my whole life and I, I found very little inspiration. So that's the reason why I came to New York and it was like an overflow. Literally, my head imploded the minute I arrived in New York City. And that's why I said, like, I want to stay here and, and take everything I can. And especially for a creative, right? Yeah, I totally understand. But again, then as a creative, you have to, you have to be open. You have to let 
information get get to you and you observe it you know you're like a filter you're like a coffee filter you, know, you just get the best parts out um it's just um you have to be open about it it's it's not just like well oh, i want to be a creative i want to move to new york and then i'm going to be amazing it's not going to work then you're going to fail you know you have to have that mindset of like i go there because i i want to observe every little thing every corner and only then you can roam freely yeah okay what well, what about tips what would be your tips for those who are creating their brands but maybe they don't have the experience or maybe even they don't have the budget you know big budget for it what would be your tips well that was a that was a big problem for me in the beginning because i mean i worked in advertising and at the end like running a department but um i wanted to create my own brand but to do so I knew I had the experience from a branding and advertising perspective. I knew I'm going to kill it, but the there is so much like the financials, the 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 building a business and all that stuff. I didn't have any experience in. That's why my first business I started, it was visually like it was amazing. It was like everyone was like looking at it, it was like this is insane. But I wasn't able to move product, I wasn't able to sell. And I wasn't able, able to build a business because I was just inexperienced. So my recommendation would be the first most important thing is don't think in the second you, you can do it all yourself because you can't. It's impossible. And, and I, I learned it myself. I, I made a lot of mistakes and I failed miserably. I, I lost a lot of money, which was good because now I'm much much I know exactly what I have to do now the most important thing is like you need to find the right team you need to find the people that are good in what they do I'm good in what I do but find people like find a CEO find someone who is great in operations find someone who is great in finance find someone who is a CMO who can guide you in the right direction so there's so many find the right people first and then build a business. I think that's the that's the best I can say, you know, it's like take it slow, it doesn't happen overnight. Building a business and being successful takes years. Years and years and years. You won't see I promise you you won't see any success in the first year. You probably won't see any success in the second. In the second year, you might see that it's going in the right direction, but you don't know for sure. Building a business and being successful it takes a long time and it's building a business like a roller coaster. Literally, like you think you've done it, and then suddenly the next day you wake up, it's like shit. What the fuck happened just now? <laughs> you know, it's like you feel like you're always starting from scratch. But um, but yeah, you just uh, you have to be consistent. You just have to don't give up. You know, but have the right people and the right team. In the beginning, I didn't have that. Wow! Thank you for that wonderful yeah, I mean, lesson that uh, you know, Sherry. I, I don't, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so many. There is so many aspects to building a business, the branding, and yeah, it's the foundation. It's like building a house. You're basically building the foundation for the future of your brand. But then again, if you want to be in a penthouse, you have to start building floor by floor by floor. And you don't build a house in a day. It takes forever. You know? yeah. And if you want to have a beautiful home, you have to be patient. You have to be patient, yes. And I think it's very good for you to point that out because a lot of people just get so excited with, ah, yeah, you know, branding is, yeah. you say, or the social media content, they get so excited by it or how to visualize the brand. But 
as what you rightfully said, to build a business that takes a lot of hard work. Okay, so Alan, do invite please our listeners to know more about PS Good Times um, and Once Upon a Coconut. How could they buy? How could they support? On social media, we for the coconut water, we are uh, at Once Upon a Coconut. Just everything like like together, like one word. Then um, D2C business, we are online on onceuponacoconut.com. And then now we start selling on Amazon. You can find us on Amazon for an easier checkout. Soon in 2021, we're going to hit the retails. But that's second phase. First, we, because we are a D2C business um, and we primarily focusing now on getting the online game right. For um, the condom brand, is, um, it's p.s.goodtimes on Instagram and Facebook. Um, and then again, the same applies for it's a D2C business. We are on psgoodtimes.com. And now uh, next year in 2021, we're going to start hitting the retails as well. Great. That's wonderful. So as we end, Alan, I also just want to share my takeaway from our conversation. So we see that competition is becoming more and more intense. We just check out the supermarket aisle and see how many brands of coconut water or condoms Mm. are there. And with Mm. the average attention span getting shorter and shorter, the question is, how do you stand out? and ensure that the Mm -hmm. customers choose your brand over others. And great branding definitely will be non-negotiable to ensure that the business thrives in the market. And as we discussed, great visuals and designs are important to help create strong brands. Thank you, Alan. That was such a wonderful conversation. So good to catch up with you again. And yeah, I wish you luck with both brands. And yeah, so proud of what you have been doing. Thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. If you enjoy listening to Brand Over Coffee Conversations, please subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. Please do not forget to share your reviews and help spread the love on social media by tagging hashtag BrandOverCoffee. For questions, comments, and topic suggestions, you may reach me on Instagram at AndreaA.Ferry. Thank you for listening to Brand Over Coffee Conversations. Music